Hebrews say, For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy, of whom the they wandered in deserts and mountains, and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they did not, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so that they would not, without us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and had taken his seat at the right hand throne of God. Brilliant. Thank you, Taylor, for reading that so well. Simon, our curate, recently ran a marathon and in a very impressive time at that. He's not here this Sunday, but next time you see him, we have to ask him what the time was, because I can't remember, but I remember it being very impressive. And this, I, was, I was planning to talk to him about it prior to this talk, but I haven't seen him all week, so I'm just going to make a whole load of assumptions about him and hope it's okay. So, uh, so I'm going to assume that running a marathon takes a lot of work, time and commitment, yeah, I'm sure you would have had to have people along his journey of training and maybe even during the day of the race that had to encourage him, uh, give him advice and support. On the morning of the race, I would imagine he would have put on some you know, suitable clothing for running, you know, non-restrictive, lightweight. He wouldn't have put welly boots on or hiking boots. He was running shoes, lightweight, comfortable, supportive. And when he was running the race, during those times where there were nice, steep, long hills, or just after that, that mark where your body is telling you to just stop. No one's chasing you. You can just stop. You would have had to have visualized the finish line. And this is what we're going to be talking about this evening. Not just Simon, but a race. That if you follow Jesus, you are running also. Paul, in a lot of his letters, actually, refers to following Jesus as, as running a race, a race that has its ups and downs, that does get really tough sometimes, a race that we need help in running, a race that requires us to stay focused on the end goal. Paul, in this passage that Taylor read out to us, gives us three pieces of advice, really, really important pieces of advice to help us 
run this race. And that's what we're going to be looking at this evening. Uh, We're going to be looking first at how we can look to the example of others, others that are ahead of us in this race, maybe people who've already finished, and how we can take advice, how we can look up to them. The second thing is how we need to get rid of all the stuff that holds us back and makes it harder for us to run the race. And finally, we're going to look at how we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the perfecter and pioneer of our faith. So, we all have people that we look up to, don't we? I wonder who it is in your life. I wonder who you look up to. Maybe there's somebody on TV or social media. Maybe a a sports person. Or maybe it's just somebody who you know, a friend or family member. And I wonder what it is about them that makes you look up to them. You know, maybe if somebody on TV or on social media, you admire them for their, their humor. Maybe they're really funny and you want to be funny and like they are. Maybe if it's a sports person, you know, I want to have the abilities that they do. If it's a musician, you know, I wish I could sing or play an instrument like they can. Or maybe if it's somebody you know, maybe it's just the way that they, they are. They're just really nice people to be around and you want to be more like them. What is it for you? Who are the people that you look up to? I've loved basketball since I was really, really young. And I've always been looking up to to the famous players, the ones playing in the NBA or the British Basketball League. I remember when I still lived with my parents a long time ago, I would have the posters up in my room of all my favorite players. I'd want to wear the same basketball shoes that they did. If, they, if I saw them doing a certain move, I'd try and learn it myself so I could, I could be more like them. I would even look up their training techniques just so I could be that bit more like them. I would also take comfort in, in the stories where these really famous basketball players had had to overcome adversi- adversities. Difficult times. Difficult times. Where they've had to bounce back after injury or they were dropped from a team but they managed to work their way back up again be inspired by them and I would look up to them why why don't we just quickly chat to the person next to you who who do you look up to is there any role models in your life that you aspire to be more like great well I'm glad to hear that all of you it sounds like all of you do have people that you look up to maybe you can carry on talking about them after the service But Paul, in this passage, shows us, and in fact, throughout the whole of Hebrews chapter 11, that we can do the same for our faith. We can look up to others who are ahead of us in this race. Maybe they've finished. Maybe they finished a long time ago, maybe recently, or maybe they are just that next stage ahead of us. We can look up to them. People who have attributes of faith that we think, I want that for myself as well. People who maybe have kept a really strong faith through a very difficult or tough time. And you think, I wonder how they managed. Whatever it is that helped them through, I want that for myself as well. Now, I think the really important thing for us to remember is that if we are going through a tough time, whether it's um, directly as a result of our faith, maybe doubts or something, or, or just generally something in life, If we're following Jesus, we need to remember that actually we're not alone. There are probably other people who are struggling with the same thing you are. And there are certainly people who 
lived a long time ago, maybe people in the Bible that have, have, have gone through it and have got crossed the finish line. We can look to their example. We can be inspired by them. And we can mimic the attributes that you desire from them as well. A few examples of people we can look to. If, if you're in the stage of the moment where you think, I really want to grow deeper in my prayer life. Who do I look to? Who can I be inspired by? Well, you could look to Pete Gregg, the writer of the book, How to Pray. I think he's a great Bible teacher. Uh, and he's a great prayer and he, the way he teaches it and the way he demonstrates how he prays is really helpful and I think it's very inspiring if you're struggling with family issues maybe read the story of Joseph in Genesis if you're struggling with anger or retaliation study David in the Bible if you desire more joy in your life even through the mundane you can read the book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God if you feel anxious or fearful, we can look at Moses, look at what all God did through him, even though he had so much self-doubt and anxiety. If you feel shame about who you are and think maybe God can't love me, well, look to the example and read the story of Mary Magdalene or Paul himself. Paul's first piece of advice, you are not alone in your struggle. Others have been there and made it out the other side. Look to their example for encouragement and good examples to mimic. That's number one. That's number one. Now, the second piece of advice Paul gives, we can look at chapter 12, verse 1. He says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled. Let's just visualize that for a minute. I said at the beginning about Simon getting ready for his race. He didn't put on welly boots. He didn't, you know, have, they have these runners water bottles, they're really small and sleek. He didn't carry a huge one with him. I'm sure he didn't have a big heavy coat on with him. That would have held him back. It would have hindered him. It would have entangled him on his race. And Paul says, throw off everything that hinders you. And what is this stuff? Well, it's sin. We need to get rid of it. We need, to, we need it to be gone from us so we can run our race. Many people have this idea, and I wonder if you're the same, that you know, God gives us all these rules because yeah, maybe he's just a bit picky. Maybe he wants to spoil our fun. But I want to tell you, it's really quite the opposite. Even when we don't understand it, God does everything for us out of his love and care and because he wants the best for us. He knows what's best for us and he wants it. Now, my mother and father-in-law... Um, they're foster parents and at the moment they're fostering uh, a little boy who's just coming up to his second birthday and I was visiting them a couple of weeks ago and it was tea time so he had his food in front of him and he was eating it away nicely until kind of disaster happens out of the corner of his eye he sees some cake suddenly he doesn't want this anymore he wants that and I, you kind of think oh gosh toddlers are so unreasonable aren't they but but actually, if you look at it from his perspective, he doesn't understand about his five a day. He doesn't understand about the nutritional value of food. He just kind of thinks, hungry tummy, food, food in mouth. That stuff's yummy and this stuff's yucky. Why can't I have that? Why are you withholding it from me? Now, of course, my mother and father-in-law were acting purely out of love for him. They knew what was best, even when he couldn't see it. 
Now, God only acts out of, out of love and care for us, even when we don't understand it. He knows best for us. And if we follow his instructions, we will be living our life in all its fullness. And we won't have anything hindering us. Now, another thing we can get entangled in, and something that can hold us back, is shame. And we not only need to try and live, our, live as best we can the way God tells us to, but actually we need to learn to let go of our past and forgive ourselves and not hold on to that because it can really hold us back. Joy, my wife and I, at the moment, we're de- decorating and renovating our house. And I wonder if you've ever been in this situation where you paint a wall, then you put the carpet down, the furniture in, and then you kind of stand back and look and you go, Mr. Bit. Oh dear. Well, I'm not going back now because it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. If only I could have just gone back in time, I wouldn't have missed it. I would have done another coat in that bottom corner. It can be the same for our lives sometimes, can't it? We can have those times where we just stop to reflect and, and those, those niggling thoughts in the back of our heads saying, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Aren't you that person? And you just wish, like, oh, I just wish I could have gone back and done that situation differently. I wonder if any of you have those feelings for yourself. Because I certainly do. But the great thing about following Jesus is that he, he offers unconditional forgiveness to us. And he calls us to let go of our shame. And the thing that we need to remember is, well, if, if God says that you're worth forgiving, then we really are. But furthermore, Jesus actually offers his help to us through the, through the Holy Spirit. We can ask him for help in these things, in breaking those bad habits that you want to get rid of so you can be living more holy for Jesus, for getting rid of that, those, those things that you feel shame about. God can help. We don't just have to do it alone. And I would encourage you, if that's something that's kind of resonating with you this evening don't don't take it away go and pray with the wholeness team afterwards or somebody else you've come with you can pray about it today so ask god ask god to help you cast off the sin and shame that holds you back from living life in all its fullness you won't ever be perfect but no one will and change doesn't happen overnight but ask god for his help and he will give it to you And now, finally, my last point um, I want to pick out of this passage. Paul says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Look at verse 2 of chapter 12. Now, I'm making this up again as I haven't actually asked Simon, but I can imagine that he did hit tough times in his marathon. He would have hit those hills and it would have been hard. Where his body is just telling him, please stop, please stop. But he had to fight his instincts to stop. I wonder if he did, he'd be pictured the finish line in his mind as he was going through those times so he could keep going. Now, visualization is so important, isn't it? For anyone trying to reach any goal, think of the person that's working the long hours in the tough desk job with loads of stress. They have a picture on their desk of, of their husband or wife and their children So when they come out of that really rubbish meeting or they're having a a really bad day, they look to that and this is what I'm doing it for. So we can go on holiday next summer or so we can live in the house that we are all together. 
Think of the student who has on their, their screensaver, their screenshot of the car that they want when they're older. You know, when revision gets tough, they, they keep working hard because they want the career that will unlock their dreams. Not really good ones, but they still would help. Visualization is really important. But as Christians, where do we look when we need encouragement? What do we fix our eyes on as we're running this race? We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. If you take Jesus out of the equation, what is the point? There isn't one. If you take Jesus out of the equation, you won't keep going. There really is no point. Jesus is everything when it comes to this. Like when we're getting stuck of feelings of, I'm not good enough, which we all do sometimes, we can look to Jesus and he says, you are worth dying for. You are fully known and fully loved. Maybe if we hit a time of, of struggle and stress and anxiety, you can go to Jesus and he will give you peace. If you're feeling like you lack purpose, again, we can look to Jesus because he has a perfect and brilliant plan for our lives. When you're feeling insignificant, we can remember that Jesus, the creator and Lord of heaven and earth, desires a personal relationship with you and he even knows the number of hairs upon your head. I could go on. We would be lost. No hope of a better future. Just small insignificant creatures in a vast galaxy. But Jesus came into this world to die on a cross so that we could be so much more. We can now call ourselves sons and daughters of God. Have a purpose now to hope for a better future in heaven with him. If you're a Christian, or you would say that you follow Jesus, fix your eyes on him. Life won't become easier, it'll still be hard, but it becomes easier and, and, you, and you're able to keep going because you remember why you're doing it and who you are doing it with. And if maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian this evening, maybe this is something to think about as the door is wide open. So, we, what do we do when the race gets hard? We look to the example of others. You're not alone. Cast off that stuff in your life that's holding you back. Get rid of it. And keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And keep running your race. Amen.